With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Bomb. Today, we're joined by a special guest. And before we get into that, let's talk about rookies. Okay, rookies are all the gray right now because NFL Draft just went down. And what better guest to join us than the Roto Surgeon? All right, Kev, my surgeon. Did I say it right? Tell me I said it right. That's pretty close. I'll take that. Okay, I'm, I'm picky about names because 99% of people who have ever tried to say my name have gotten one or both totally wrong. So I'm picky about that. All right, but the Roto Surgeon, that's real easy to say. We can say that. And then, yeah, as always, Chris Mangano just rolls off the tongue. So, Chris, uh, you ready to talk rookies? Absolutely. All right. So we just put out uh, our rookie rankings because NFL Draft just wrapped up not that long ago. So we got everything on the site. It's live. Go check it out right after you watch the show. Um, Of course, running back is everyone's favorite position. We're going to start with that. And uh, Kev's been helping us out, analyzing these positions. Uh, We're going to have a 2-0 throwdown at some point, um, okay? Because as you can see, I represent strong here each and every week with my Dolphins flag. Um, But today, let's talk running backs. So we're going to look at our rankings, our early, early rankings. Now, keep in mind... Nothing has happened other than the draft, right? We haven't got training camps. There's still trades that might happen, all this stuff. Okay, so these are our early rookie rankings for Dynasty Leagues. Um, And before we actually get into the rankings, I will just say, no, my rankings are not just a contrarian take, and my aim was not just to piss everybody off. Those are my actual gut reaction to the draft. They will change, uh, but yes, they are real. Um, Just to answer some of the, the Reddit um, comments that people they've been like are you kidding no I'm, no I'm not kidding um, so let's start with the beginning here uh, Kev before we get to actual players uh, one by one what was your reaction to the how running backs were treated in the draft because uh, we only saw one guy taken in the first round that was just barely at the very it looked like we were gonna have anybody right running back uh, and then the very last pick we had a running back taken and it seems like just the position itself is a little bit devalued Do you think that's because of the strength or lack of strength I guess of the class uh, or do you think that's kind of a philosophy now that NFL teams are, are treating running back as less important? Uh, generally, I think it's a transition by the NFL to devalue the running back position as a whole. We're seeing that naturally with how the contracts are shifting to more short-term deals for the less, I wouldn't say less talented, but the less valued mid like mid-level running backs, let's say like a Tevin Coleman sort. But uh, with, Todd Gurley a few years back, Ezekiel Elliott. We're seeing those massive contracts still come in for running backs that are going to set the uh, – they're setting the record year by year. But I'd say, like, Saquon Barkley is still going to break that record in a couple of years. But now with teams like the Kansas City Chiefs who go in with three running back committees where they're starting their fourth guy randomly on week 16 – to them, that running back position doesn't matter as much. They don't want to pay him, but they're still willing to draft a running back like Clyde Edwards-Gilaire in the first round because he offers not only rushing ability, but passing ability. 
So it really depends on the running back skill set. Where in a back like Zach Moss, maybe I'd say 10 years back would draft be drafted way earlier because a team would be like, oh, we have a workhorse back we can give all these carries to. But nowadays, you can really find that workhorse back wherever you can from the garbage bin. So versatile skill sets are still valuable, and that's why Clyde Edwards Elaire does get drafted in the first round. But running backs as a whole, because they're getting drafted much later, are seeing their value lower. So it really depends. Yeah, and before we get into Edwards Lair, who's going to be the first guy on our list, um, you know, Chris, you've been talking about this for a while now. Uh, I feel like the last few episodes we've talked about running backs. You said basically you have to be a pass catcher to have value almost in this league. The guys who can just run straight ahead and, you know, cloud of dust, that it's not going to do it anymore. So that's why we've seen guys who we think are really good runners maybe not go as high as, you know, they would have been. We thought they might be first-round picks, and this year they weren't. I mean, is that how you see it? Because, again, someone like Edward Hilaire, who was mainly a pass catcher, um, going higher, like you said, you know, a guy like Moss or even a guy like Swift going lower. Um, I mean, do you think NFL teams are kind of in unison in that philosophy? You have to catch it? Well, I think there's – I think they're starting to catch on. I wouldn't say it's in unison. I think there's still some teams that are kind of archaic and want to just pound the ball. Um, but most teams are forward thinking or starting to, to view what they can do. They see what Christian McCaffrey can do. They see what uh, Saquon Barkley can do. They see what Todd Gurley did uh, for a couple of years there with the Rams before his, his injury. You know, and they see what these pass catchers can do and how they can be. And even what Damian Williams did for the Chiefs. Um, so, yeah, I think teams, you know, it's a copycat league, right? Teams see other teams have success doing that, or the Patriots with James White, right? And so they say, oh, let's start doing that too. So, yeah, definitely the the two-down, you know, bruiser-style, like Jerome Bettis-style back is definitely becoming extinct. Yeah, and even, you know, think about You mentioned the Patriots. A guy like Sonny Michel came in with, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of fanfare coming into the league, and people thought he was going to dominate, and – even in the Patriots system, he hasn't, he doesn't have that pass catching ability, you know, quite so much. And he doesn't really get used on third downs because they have James White. And we've seen what's happened to his value, right? A lot of people don't even want to touch him in fantasy. But uh, let's talk about the first name here. We talk about Edward Tillaire in Kansas City. So not just the first running back taken, but for a lot of people, all of a sudden he's the 1.1 in Dynasty uh, just because he was the top running back and he's on the Chiefs. Um, Chris, start with you. Do you think that that's, reasonable that all of a sudden he's not just the top running back in real life but he's the top dynasty running back period uh rookie running back yeah absolutely as soon as he was drafted by the chiefs that he was like my one my one one it didn't even matter like and everybody freaked out when when taylor went to indy if you look at to me if you look at uh edwards Alaire's situation he's competing with damian williams who i've never been a big damian williams guy and i know he was great in the super bowl i know he's had some great games but the Chiefs obviously don't like think that much of Damian Williams when they're using their first round pick on a running back when they had bigger needs on defense, right? They had bigger needs in that team. They they could have been fine with Damian Williams. They would just won a Super Bowl with Damian Williams. They didn't need a running back. Like so that showed me right there how much the Chiefs really like this guy. And like you said, the pass catching ability, that that's gonna be huge. And we know the upside in this offense. We've seen it with Kareem Hunt. We've seen it with Damian Williams. We've seen it with Spencer Ware. It doesn't matter who's in there. Tons and tons of upside for whatever is whoever is a running back one here. So, yeah, to me, he's definitely the, the 1.01. 1. 
Yeah, it's hard to imagine a team like you said that just won the Super Bowl and look and say, you know, I, th- I think we really need some help on offense. You know, let's let's plug in a guy who can help us out there and catch the ball. Um, but they did, so obviously he's going to be used. Um, Kev, you have him as your top running back for rookies. Absolutely. Uh, I look at last year where they didn't really have a top running back. Like they went into the season with Damien Williams after they signed him for like a two-year, eight million dollar deal or something like that, and he gets injured. Sean McCoy comes in. He he's all right for a few weeks. He fumbles the ball and then he loses his job essentially midway through the season. And that's that. But if you look at last year's total attempts between Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy, so they had a hundred, 212 attempts between them, nearly a thousand yards and nine touchdowns and four and a half yards per carry. That's between two mediocre running backs. You have Clyde Edwards, the coming in who isn't exactly the best runner in the class, but he's one of the best pass catchers and route runners to come in through the draft in years him and deandre swift are the top two in my opinion uh like in that role essentially and you're gonna get them with patrick mahomes in a defense uh, against defenses that have to face tyreek hill travis kelsey and worry about mahomes making plays so the last thing defenses are going to worry about is clyde edwards clyde edwards elair so the reason he's 1.01 is just because of the team he landed on if he were to fall to let's say the detroit lions CEH would be my like 1.07. I don't think he's the best player in the world, but I just think it's such a primo landing spot that you can't not take him. Yeah. Yeah. And funny you say that because we're going to talk about obviously DeAndre Swift a little bit. And that's, that's kind of where I have him because he landed in Detroit and I really want to rank him lower, but um, we'll get to that in a second. So two follow-up questions. Number one, do you worry that Damien Williams, you know, has still enough of a role in this offense that there's kind of a ceiling cap here for Edward Sillard? a lot of people just assume he's going to be the guy, right? But what if they go with a committee here? And then Darwin Thompson, is he just basically waiver fodder now in Dynasty Leagues? Uh, Darwin Thompson, I I was a fool to be a fan of. I didn't realize all his faults coming in. I saw that he had an electric season with Utah State in uh, 2018, I believe. And he did look really good. He looked great as a pass catcher. He was tough for a really short guy, which I kind of like. You know, I'm, I'm not the tallest guy in the world, so I'm rooting for that underdog mentality. But, uh, yeah, I do think he's waiver wire fodder. And, no, I'm not too worried about Damian Williams, even if there is some sort of snap split. We saw Kareem Hunt two years ago before he had the whole um, hotel, uh, hotel incident where he was basically – he played 11 games, and he was roughly running back one throughout those first 11 weeks. And that was with just a 65% snap share. So let's say Clyde Edwards-Elair is only getting 15 carries and five to six targets per game. He's going to be scoring. He's going to be getting chunk plays. It really doesn't matter because the quality matters over the quantity when you're on the Kansas City Chiefs. Fair point. And Chris, same questions. Uh, Thompson, on your radar at all and then um, I know you're never too worried about Damian Williams but I, at least does it do anything for Edward Solaire to you this year no I mean I mean Williams is gonna get his touches it's not like I don't think Hilaire, Edward Solaire is just gonna be a you know workhorse like a Saquon Barkley Christian McCaffrey type workhorse but like uh, Kev said I don't think it's gonna matter you, you give him 15 to 20 touches in this offense of which three to four of those are in the passing game or even more some weeks and he's going to have monster games all right yeah and and i have no 
beef with putting him as a top running back because obviously the offense, the opportunities. And I think you said the best, you know, it's, it's going to be maybe quality over quantity. He's not a guy who's going to lead all rookies in touches necessarily, but the touchdown, you know, potential, it's definitely going to be the top. And then, you know, there's no other guy as we get into the other rookie running backs. There's no other guy who I think is going to be a workhorse anyway. So I feel like it, nobody has that edge over him. So let's get to the next guy who I know we're definitely going to be split on this, but okay, Jonathan Taylor, who I was really hoping was going to be a Dolphin and, and he's not. Um, but a lot of people had him as the top running back coming out, thought he would be the top one drafted. And Indianapolis is an interesting spot because they didn't need a running back. This felt more like a luxury for them. Um, but they went ahead and took one after they, of course, they got your guy from USC, Michael Pittman first. But they got a running back. They have one of the best offensive lines. People, you know, think that he's going to be the top running back. Seems like a dream scenario. Um, but I worry. This is just my take here. And yes, I have him as my, I think, what, eighth? What did I say? Eighth or ninth rookie? <laughs> so yeah. I'm a little lower he's just because. He's your rookie RB3. He's my third. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, he's my third running back. So here's the thing. I don't think Marlon Mack, like you, like you said with Damon Williams, is just going to disappear. And, you know, someone's like, oh, they're just going to trade him. Why would they do that? They're not going to do that. It's not like, you know, they're going to give him 100% of the touches either. And then I worry about Taylor's pass catching um, as far as it wasn't his strength in college, you know, unlike Edward Tillaire. And Naheem Hines, I think, will have a role there. We know that Phillip Rivers is a big fan of dumping the ball off. So, Kev, what do you feel like Taylor's role is going to be as a rookie this year? Do you think that they're going to give him the majority of carries um, right away? Uh, majority of carries, I'm not so, so sure right away. But I think he is the best back in that backfield, and I think he will win out that job. And uh, the Colts coaches are not as inept as the Cleveland Browns head coaches, uh, coaching staff was. Uh, last two years ago, not last year, with Nick Chubb and Carlos Hyde, where they were running Carlos Hyde to the bone when they had Nick Chubb waiting in the brink. And Chubb was going for like three carries for 105 yards against the Oakland Raiders, and they still didn't give him more work until, what, three, four weeks later after they traded Hyde to the Jaguars. So I don't think it's going to be that bad of a situation, but Marlon Mack is a free agent in 2021. Uh, Naheem Hines isn't that good. I think he's an overrated player as a whole. He's a good pass catcher. He can really catch the ball, but he can't really do much after that. He's so like weak. He like falls after first contact. Taylor is a workhorse. You can give him 30 touches a game and you'd be fine with it. He had, uh, I believe, uh, he had over 900 carries in college. 42 receptions, 26 of those receptions came just last year. So he did improve as a pass catcher. But not just because you were able to get receptions in college doesn't mean you're a good receiver. It doesn't mean it's going to translate to the NFL. But I did watch a good chunk of his games. He did seem like he was catching a few passes that weren't dump-offs, that weren't just uh, passes to the flat. He was going off wheels. He was going get like five yards, six yards away from the line of scrimmage. So Taylor's not DeAndre Swift. He's not Clyde Edwards-Lair. But if he can operate in the middle of the field, 
take the pressure off of Phillip Rivers, which we've seen Phillip Rivers want to dump it off to his running backs, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, whoever it may be. He's going to use Jonathan Taylor if he's on the field. So I'm not too scared of Taylor not getting passing work. I don't think he's going to get the same as his um, other counterparts in the class. But I think he's a safe bet by the end of the season to have like a second half RB1 year. All right. Chris, what's your take? Do you have Taylor's your RB2 then, I guess, because you said you have Edward Solaire as your number one. Yeah, he would be my RB2, but I def- I, I kind of agree with Kevin in the sense that when you're drafting Taylor, I feel like you're drafting him. I think the ceiling is way higher next year. Because like Kev said, 2021, Mac might not even be there anymore. Um, then it would just be Taylor and, and Hines. And in that case, I would look at Taylor as just a stud, right? He's going to probably get, be getting 20 touches every single week. Because like Kev said, he can handle it. Um, but I think for this year, the only reason why I have Edwards Hilaire above him is because I feel like you're going to get more from Edwards Hilaire this year with just as much ceiling going forward as well. So um, that's why I like him a little more. But, yeah, I like Taylor a lot. I think he's going to be running behind that offensive line. You've seen what Mac has done behind that offensive line. And I think I agree with Kev as well on this. I think Taylor's a better running back than Mac. I definitely a better prospect. So um, I think it's a great spot for Taylor. And he's definitely my, my number two running back. Yeah. And actually, I agree with all that, too, because, you know, I feel like this year, a lot of people just assume that he's going to be a top 10 running back overall, right? He's going to be a first round pick some people might take him in the first round and redraft i guarantee that'll happen there'll be somebody who thinks that that's it he's just gonna step in and be like you know saquon barkley or rookie year or whatever you know he's not that <laughs> okay let's get clear he's not that level but also he's not that dynamic of a pass catcher he can do it i'm not saying he's you know like jordan howard like hands of stone but still i feel like the the ceiling is is going to be a little limited this year like i said i would rather instead of investing in him this year i would rather wait take someone else who would help me out and then, you know, try to buy in in the off season if possible, but we shall see. All right. Let's talk about Deandre Swift with the lions. Um, I just admit right here that whichever running back went to the lions, I knew somebody would go to the lions, right? Because they're, they're pretty desperate. Uh, you know, Patricia's trying to save his job and I don't think it's going to happen, but, um, whoever went here, I just felt sorry for them and I was going to drop him down low. So, um, I, People, I feel like, just really want a Lions running back to succeed, and it's just not going to ever happen. Um, but maybe I'm being too harsh. Chris, am I being too harsh here? No, I don't think so, at least not as long as, as Patricia is there. Um, I don't like the spot for Swift at all. I, I think he could – I mean, we've seen in the past with Stafford and a guy like Theo Riddick, who's a great pass catcher, um, have value. And I, I think Swift can be better than Theo Riddick. I'm not trying to compare him to Theo Riddick here. But I just don't see his – I think he'll be fine in the passing game. He'll, he'll catch his passes. He'll do that because we've talked about his, his ability to catch passes. He's very good. I just don't see what he's going to do, what, what he's going to give you on the ground. you got Carrion Johnson still there. They're basically the same age, right? It's not like Carrion Johnson's old. I think he's only on, what, the third year of his rookie contract. So it's going to be very hard to get rid of Carrion Johnson unless they trade him. And I just don't see that the the Lions benching carry on Johnson. I think this is bad for Johnson and Swift. I just think these guys are both just going to handcuff each other, and you're just gonna, not going to get much upside from from either one. So to me, like, yeah, I just I just don't like this situation. It's not it has nothing to do with Swift. I think Swift's very good, but it, I just don't like the situation at all. 
yeah, I definitely feel the same way. I've been down on Johnson, not because I got anything against him, again, but just being in Detroit, I mean, it's almost like a cursed position, right? Running back like the ghost of Barry Sanders, even though he's still alive. It's just always there. I mean, like, there will be no running back that will succeed in Detroit, and I don't think it's going to happen this year. Uh, Kev, you, you're in the same boat here. Do you feel like Lions have a shot to actually make a running back uh, startable? Uh, I had DeAndre Swift as my RB1 pre-draft for real-life rankings. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I always knew he was going to be a little bit of a uh, it, it, situationally de- uh, dependent because he's kind of that Kamara-style back where you don't want to give him – you don't want to even give him like 15, 16 carries. You want to give him 12 to 15 at most, and then you want to give him 8 to 10 targets per game. He's such a polished route runner. He has such great hands that – his value is going to come from the passing game, not necessarily from the running game. And he can still, like, he can have a great season on the ground. He's about, like, 5'8", uh, two, nearly 220. So he has a great body, great BMI. He runs in the 4 fours. He's a great speed score. He's much faster than Carryon jo- Johnson. He can take a bigger bruising than Carryon Johnson. And Carryon Johnson can be there to kind of take the load off of him a little bit so i think it's a really advantageous advantageous situation for swift and long term i see swift almost as a slot receiver because the detroit lions don't really have that many pass catching options uh depth wise they have kenny galladay they have marvin jones jr who's getting up there in age he's dealt with some injuries and after danny amandola amandola is not going to be in the league forever they have no real options they lost uh, Graham Glasgow, uh, Glasgow their, uh, their guard, but they upgraded with uh, – they didn't upgrade, but they added Jonah Jackson, Halabui, Vitae out of the Eagles. So they did work on their O-line a little bit. It's not as sh- um, shoddy as it used to be. It was a really good run-blocking bo- unit last year, but they had Ty Johnson running behind it. They just really – they didn't have a setup for success, and I get it, Patricia's there, but Daryl Bevel is also there from Seattle. He was able to get really good running back one seasons out of his backs. I think with Swift, he's going to want to use him and dominate the tar- uh, have him dominate the usage out of the backfield while using Carryon Johnson to kind of take the load off him when it's getting too much between the tackles. So I'm a big Swift guy. I think he can succeed long term, just not this year. All right, and and that's again. I feel like we're going to say the same thing about this next guy too. As far as don't expect a whole lot, you know, a big splash in the rookie season but they could be solid holds if things pan out next year. And, uh, yeah. but to me with, at the running back position, that's, that's a little risky because you don't know things change very quickly, you know, and we've seen rookies, uh, where one year they don't make a splash and then, you know, the teams move on. So I just feel like that's why I have some of these guys a little lower. Cause I'd rather take a receiver that I know will have time to develop. Um, that, and I just, I refuse to take a lines running back. Uh, but with J.K. Dobbins, okay, so people are saying this is a perfect situation. Baltimore, we have, who runs the ball better and more often than Baltimore? But Mark Ingram's still there. So I feel like this one's kind of a no-brainer. Like, don't expect him to do a whole lot this year, but hold him, you know, and then next year when Ingram's gone, he'll be the guy. Um, I mean, is that is it that simple, Kev? Is he just a guy that you kind of take at the, what, later end, maybe the first round, and then just kind of stash him? Uh, the Ravens? are a tricky situation because as long as Lamar Jackson's there, you're not going to be the lead rusher. He's the lead guy in that backfield, no matter who is available because he's just so talented. He led all quarterbacks with 6.9 yards per uh, yards per carry last year. Obviously that's going to regress a little bit, but he's still so talented that 
in the red zone, he's going to be the one sniping you, not any other running back. And I've been reading articles saying they expect a four-man backfield this season, which I think that's a little bit of coach speak or what, like, that's just a bunch of talk right now. I don't expect more than, you know, another running back like Mark Ingram or even if they move on from him, I which I doubt, Gus Edwards or whoever it may be, Justice Hill. Regardless, I like J.K. Dobbins. He's a really good runner. It's a great stylistic fit in the RPO offense, but I don't like that he's with Lamar, who's going to be sniping him in the red zone, who's not going to be dumping it off to him too often throughout the next couple of years because Lamar's not a really big fan of the dump-offs. He's a fan of the deep shots and taking the ball on his own if he can. So he's in a good situation quality-wise. He's not in a good situation volume-wise. So I really like Dobbins, but I wouldn't be reaching for him. But I'm happy with him if I do snag him. Yeah, but you know, to reinforce your point, like you said, it's not going to be not even a one-man but or a two-man backfield. And like going into last year, everyone just assumed, okay, Ingram's the guy. And people forgot Gus Edwards even existed. And not that there's anything necessarily special about him. He's just a big back, you know, and get you some yards. But look at last year, okay, rushing share, market share here. Mark Ingram, 29% of the carries. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 26.6% of the carries. Gus Edwards, 26.3%. Uh, and then Justice Hill, uh, 11%. So it kind of was a four-man backfield if you're including, uh, you know, Lamar in there. Like I said, you throw Dobbins to the mix. Uh, yeah, we got five guys running the ball now. Um, but nobody's ever going to get probably over that 30 or 33% mark because that's what Jackson does, right? Um, Chris, so how do you feel like, knowing that this is a situation where it seems great, but again, there might be a hard cap there on what he actually can do. I'm, what do you feel about Dobbins? Is he a first-rounder still for you, or does he fall a little more to the second round? No, I, I mean – we're, we're, we're factoring the running backs and the wide receivers. I don't know if he quite makes the first round for me. That's uh, probably pretty close. But I think this is a way better real-life situation than fantasy situation. Like, I think Dobbins could be can definitely be successful in this offense. And I think he will be successful in this offense. But I just don't think there's going to be... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Enough volume to, to really make him fantasy relevant. At least not right away. Now, if Mark Ingram is gone after next year, um, but, but like I said, he's still always going to be capped by Lamar Jackson, right? Because Lamar Jackson's going to do what he does. <laughs> and that's always going to limit him to some degree. So, yeah, I'm not – wasn't as – I mean, I know a lot of people are excited about this. I'm not that excited about it. I think he'll be very good. I think he'll be a very good, like, real-life football player. He'll produce, but I don't know if it'll necessarily translate to big fantasy. 
Right. And, and again, this is a guy who not necessarily going to be their, you know, third down back. Of course, they don't necessarily have a guy that they dump the ball off to because usually Lamar Jackson just takes off and runs it himself and things break down. Um, but Justice Hill might be the one more likely to catch passes. So again, I, I just feel like there's definitely a limit here. So we got one guy who fell into a great spot and then three guys. It's all just, you know, I feel like these guys could have been all RB1 status and then just none of them really are a great spot. Uh, now this next guy, I'm probably a little too excited about the spot. And uh, Kev is our uh, Rams fan, even though I know Chris is also a Californian. He's got obviously uh, not a Rams flag behind him. So you have to pass on this one first. Uh, but Kev, talk to us about the Rams. Um, is Cam Akers a good spot? You you said, what did you say the other day when I made a comment about that? Like something like if they didn't have the worst offensive line in the league or something along those lines? Uh, yeah, no. Okay, so Cam Akers is used to bad offensive lines. He was with Florida last, like he's been with Florida the last few years. And Florida State had the worst offensive line in the FBS of the 150 or so schools ranked. And now he gets to go to the Rams, who have the 31st ranked offensive line in the NFL, which that's an upgrade going from the worst to the second worst. I was going to so, say, you know what? Only, only way to go is up right now. So Cam Akers is a super skilled running back. He could work in the run in the pass. You can give him a chunk load of usage because he's, I wouldn't say he's a bigger back, but he's 5'10", 217. He's a back that could carry that, you know, that 20 to 25 uh, touch workload. And he's taking over a backfield that's just lost their, I wouldn't say face of the franchise, but you know, someone that we were selling Todd Gurley, like he was the guy he was our first round pick uh, half a decade ago, and we've been riding him ever since up until he got his arthritis and kind of not shut down, but really slowed down. And now Gurley's absence opens up about 75% of the snaps. And I'm sure Daryl Henderson, the running back they traded up to get last year in the third round, is going to get his fair share of work. But from what I've seen with Daryl Henderson, is he's more of a change of pace back. He's a really bursty running back who doesn't have a lot of wiggle, but if he can find a hole, he'll hit a home run. But those aren't the backs you rely on for more than eight to 10 touches per game. Cam Akers is going to take over and be that workhorse back for McVay as he was, as Todd Gurley was a few years back. I don't know if he'll have the same level of success out the gates because even Gurley had his down year early on, but Akers is such a phenomenal pass catcher. He's fast as heck. He runs a 447. He has a 108.7 speed score, which is 89th percentile. He had a 10.4% college target share. The only reason people aren't talking about him more is his surface numbers were pretty shoddy because he played behind that terrible Florida State offensive line. So in L.A., with at least a decent offense around him in Goff, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higbee, Gerald Everett, Robert Woods, he should have a little more room to operate. And the offensive line shouldn't be as bad, even though it's going to be bad. So I'm hopeful I would take him top four in rookie draft. Thank you. See someone finally, I see somebody who agrees with me. Now I'm a little more generous. I have him as my uh, number two um, player rookie wise. And so maybe that's a little generous, but still the opportunities there. Chris, I know you've got to agree because you say all the time opportunity is everything, right? And both of us, we were beating the drum telling everybody stay away from Daryl Henderson last year because everyone thought he was going to all of a sudden be, you know, Ricky Phenom and, and, you know, he wasn't. So the fact that he's the only guy still there and there's almost 60% of the carries available, that's Akers is just going to take those over. Um, so why shouldn't he be ahead of guys like, you know, Taylor and Swift? 
I would definitely have him ahead of Swift. Taylor's closer for me, but I, I wouldn't argue if somebody wants to take him ahead of Taylor because I think you're going to definitely get more from Akers now. You're going to definitely get more from him right away. And assuming he is successful, which I think he will be because I, I do think he's a very good running back. And like I said, I think he got kind of screwed by his offensive line, which you know hurt his numbers. Um, then he's probably going to be the guy there at least for the foreseeable future. So I could definitely make a case for taking him over Taylor, definitely over uh, over Swift. And I like Akers a lot. I think he's kind of going under the radar here in what's a sneaky good landing spot because people really want Daryl Henderson to be a thing. Like they really want this to happen. You got to go by like I always tell people, you can't go by what you want. You got to go by what you're seeing happen. And when the coaching staff isn't really giving the guy the ball, you have to. You can't say like, "Oh, the coaching staff's idiots. They they should be giving this guy the ball." Maybe you feel that way, but it doesn't matter. They're not giving Daryl Henderson the ball for a reason. There's something that the coaching staff sees or whatever that they don't think Daryl Henderson can get the ball that much. And so I don't think Henderson's all of a sudden going to take this huge leap this year that the Rams are now ready. And if they were, if they did feel like Daryl Henderson was ready, they probably wouldn't have drafted Cam Akers. So. I think Akers is in a great spot here. I don't think I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. If you have like pick five, six, seven in your rookie draft, um, you know, and got and Hilaire's gone and and Taylor's gone, which they more than likely will be, I'd be more than happy to grab Akers. There you go. I, I don't know if I'm going to change my stance on that because unless the Rams somehow bring somebody else in at running back, which I don't see happening. I would take Akers right now over Taylor or Swift just because I know he's probably going to give you more at least in terms of volume this year. And then once that happens, he's going to be entrenched as a guy next year. You know, the other situations just aren't as certain. So, um, and I know I'm maybe a little biased here because, you know, being a Miami guy, um, I should hate Cam Akers because he's a Florida State guy. But I've seen him play, and I know that they were trying really hard to get him to the Hurricanes. He's a five-star guy coming out of high school, and he's got, like you said, he's got the speed to hit the hole, but he's also strong enough that he won't, you know, go down. He's He can kind of do it all, so... Um, I'm pretty big on him, and I think this is a great landing spot. So, um, Another guy who chose not to go to Miami, Zach Moss. Uh, now he's going to Buffalo, and he's basically, uh, the way I see it, he's basically going to be like Frank Gore 2.0. Maybe not quite as prolific a career, but he's going to play the role that Frank Gore played in Buffalo. Um, and he probably is going to be about as fast as Frank Gore was last year in Buffalo. Um, no, maybe not. Maybe a little better, but uh chris how do you feel about moss i know a lot of people were really high on him and then all of a sudden after the combine everyone's like okay maybe not um and uh it's like an, it's an okay spot right i mean he'll get his touches but he's i mean i don't feel like he's a guy you want to hit your wagon to necessarily right no i mean there's a couple of problems here they got Devin singletary who he looked good last year but again going back to kind of the henderson thing it didn't seem like buffalo really wanted to give henderson a, a big workload but at the same time it wasn't like Frank Gore was getting 20 touches right so he's probably going to be in that like 10 to 15 carry range and the, the other big problem here is Josh Allen ran the ball a lot around the goal line right so that's that's really what you would hope for from Zach Moss in Buffalo is like okay he's not going to get a lot of he's not going to get a lot of volume but he's going to get a lot of touchdowns well he's probably not because Josh Allen is probably going to take a lot of those touchdowns right they I think he I think I saw a stat where he led the league in, in quarterback runs from inside the five yard line. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure I saw that. So uh, he's definitely up there. So that's definitely gonna hinder his value. So for me I'm not I'm not too excited about Zach Moss. I mean if you're getting him late in your draft, okay fine, go for it, right? But he's not a guy I would invest high draft capital in. Kev, how do you feel about Moss? Do you have any 
Hope that he's going to be a fantasy asset. I've actually riffed on Moss a little bit on Twitter already. Uh, I'm not his biggest fan, uh, not just because he's from a rival Pac-12 school, but because I just don't like big, slow running backs. They, they don't appeal to me. All they offer is, like, volume. You can give them the ball as many times you want in a game, and sure, they'll have a great fantasy day, but were they efficient? Were they good? At the end of the day, you might be like, oh, my God, he had 100 yards. Yeah, he had 100 yards on 30 carries. Like, I could have done I, I could not have done that. I, am, I do not have the physique to do that, but any running back in the NFL, if you give them 30 yards, they should be capable of getting you a, like if you, if you give them 30 carries, they should be get, capable of giving you a hundred yards. I did a poll actually, uh, speaking of the Rams running backs earlier, you forgot to mention Malcolm Brown, who's still on the Rams, who might be taking a few snaps away. And he did actually sure. dominate over Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson was not playing at all in the second half of the season while Brown was still getting 20 to 30% of the snaps. Okay. Uh, back to, uh, Moss, though, he landed in Buffalo. To reiterate what Chris said, he's with Josh Allen, who's going to run the ball over 100 times. He he has Lamar Jackson syndrome now. Allen's not going to want to dump it off. Allen's going to want to take it off and go go to the end zone if he's in the on the goal line. So Moss is already in trouble there, where a lot of his production would be in the end zone. And already, I compared Moss to Brown, where they have a similar size, similar speed scores, uh, close-ish target shares. I think Moss had the higher one. And their spark scores, uh, Malcolm Brown actually had the higher spark score, which isn't the most predictive for running back. But regardless, they have really similar attributes. And I don't want to be drafting another Malcolm Brown if it's anything close to that. I don't think he's, I don't think he's Frank Gore. I think he's just a run-of-the-mill big back who could get a couple carries, who could look good in a couple games. But he's not someone I want to invest in, especially with Singletary there, who is probably the better back because he's way shiftier. He's a better pass catcher. And I, I really don't want any of them, but if I wanted any of them, it would be Singletary. Yeah, and, and like you said, Brown, you know, for a comparison, that's probably an accurate comparison. You know, he's taking a handoff from Goff. Goff's not taking it in, you know, from inside the five-yard line too often. Uh, Josh Allen is, so there you go. So he's not going to catch a lot of passes. He's not going to score too many touchdowns, uh, and he's not super fast. That's that's usually not the best combination. Um, but we'll see. Uh, and so finally, we talk about somebody really wanting to make it a thing people are just dying for tampa bay to have a really good fantasy running back chris we've talked about it all last year and you said whoever goes to tampa bay right everyone's gonna go all crazy about it. and I, sure enough it's happening um so i dumped a lot of cold water on this and i, I have Vaughn as more like a third round pick and i know people are gonna take him in the first round hoping that he's gonna break out uh kev the the name of ronald jones will be invoked shortly so then that goes to you but First, Chris, talk about Tampa Bay running back. I mean, come on. Uh, is this just hoping against hope because people just really want Tampa Bay to somehow have a good running back? Or do you think there's some potential? you think Devon looks good in the preseason and maybe he becomes the guy? I mean, I definitely think there's potential. I, I, think, we, I think people definitely overstate the value of the Tampa Bay running back, especially with Bruce Arians. I mean, and when they had Jameis Winston, it wasn't like the Bucks were running the ball 30 times a game. Like, I don't know why everybody thought Tampa Bay was such a great landing spot when Jameis Winston is turning the ball over five times and they're having to throw it 50 times every week to try to play catch-up. Tom Brady might be a little bit of a different situation. They may play a slower, uh, more ball-control style. But, yeah, I don't think – like, Ronald Jones looked pretty good last year. It's hard for me to think that this isn't more than some kind of, some kind of split. Now, maybe it's slightly in Vaughn's favor. I don't know, but – 
I don't feel like there's a ton of upside here. Like when we talk about like the Akers, the, the Taylors, uh, the Edward Hilaire's, even the Swifts, even guys like that. I just don't think there's the upside here in Tampa Bay for me personally. I'm, I mean, unless you think that he's going to completely render Ronald Jones useless, which I don't. All right, Kevin, let's have at it. Is, is there a chance that Vaughn supplants your boy, or is he just like an imposter to the throne? Uh, there's a chance he supplants my boy Ronald Jones. Uh, Ronald Jones came out of college at 20 years old. He was the youngest running back in his class. And last year, he would have been younger than, I believe, Miles Sanders and at least six of the top eight or nine running backs that were drafted. So he came out super young as a true junior out of USC. He had a really successful career, and he was being discussed as a first-round pick in the NFL. He still went early second to Tampa Bay. That's some high draft capital to spend on a running back, as we discussed before, where running backs aren't being as valued. Swift was the number two running back, and he was drafted around the same spot that Jones was just uh, two years ago. So we have someone who improved significantly from year one to year two. Year one, only 23 rushes, 44 carries, seven catches, 33 yards. To year two, 724 yards, six touchdowns on the ground, 4.2 yards per carry, 31 catches, 309 yards. And we saw he he blossomed. He looked like a competent running back behind a poor run-blocking offensive line with, as uh, Chris discussed, Jameis Winston giving the ball over to the other team multiple times. And not to even mention, he's younger than Keyshawn Vaughn. He's younger than a player drafted this year who's supposed to take his job. And a lot of people are pointing out stats, like uh, not to call out Graham Barfield, but he put out numbers today that were like um, – Yards created per attempt, 5.41 versus 3.97. Uh, you receiving yards per route run, pass protection execution percentage, where Vaughn led Ronald Jones in his collegiate career. But when Ronald Jones declared at age 20, Keyshawn Vaughn was out of like, – he wasn't even in college. He was transferring from Illinois to Vanderbilt. So we're seeing someone who's still developing in the NFL versus someone who's had time to kind of mature at the college level and produce. So at the end of the day, I still think Keyshawn Vaughn's a really good pick in rookie drafts. I, I believe he should be somewhere in the mid first, just because Tampa Bay is an advantageous spot. Playing with Tom Brady is really good. Playing with Bruce Arians is really good because we've seen what he could do with running backs. I don't expect him to supplant Ronald Jones. I expect them to be complements with each other in a similar fashion to how James White and all of the other running backs that have come through Tampa Bay or I'm not Tampa Bay, uh, New England with Tom Brady have worked out. Back in the day with Kevin Falk, I think it's going to be more of a what Tom Brady's used to situation than what Bruce Arians is used to. So we're going to see a complementary backfield rather than how Arians used David Johnson a few years back where he had his running back one season. So I'm I'm lukewarm on Vaughn. I like his skill set. I just don't like the idea of him beating out Ronald Jones outright. You're, you're definitely one of Ronald Jones' greatest supporters. I can tell you that. Uh, but I like that loyal to the end. And but all good points. And you know my best ball shares of Ronald Jones from before the draft. I really hope that you're right too. But um, I, I don't think that any one guy, like you said, they don't have David Johnson. Well, David Johnson from four years ago. They don't have that on this roster. There's not going to be a guy who's featured. There's not going to be. You know, it's not a team that even with Brady instead of Winston, uh, it's not like that defense is all of a sudden going to be dominating. It's not like they're going to be able to run the ball. You know, 30 times a game necessarily. They're going to split carries. I just feel like this is. Um, I'd take a shot on him, but I don't have him as a first rounder. There's no way. Um, 
real quick here. Uh, AJ Dillon, uh, not a fan. I wasn't a fan before the draft. I'm definitely not a fan of him landing in the Packers. Um, I don't think all of a sudden he's going to become fantasy relevant. Like all of a sudden Jamal Williams is going to disappear either. Um, Kev, what's your take on Dillon? I actually like Dillon. Uh, I compared him to a poor man's Leonard Fournette, or as I called him, a Fournette. Uh, they have similar size at six foot 240-ish. So they're massive running backs. These are just big boys balling through. But they aren't Zach Moss because they're pretty fast. They're four, they have four five speed, 117.3 speed score. And Dylan had some success in the passing game in college at Boston College. Um, he wasn't the most profoundly talented pass catcher, but he showed capable hands. And I think that it's going to be a weird situation with Green Bay where they drafted some guy named Joseph Josiah Deguara. I don't even know. I don't even know how to pronounce that properly, but he's essentially an H back. And I think they're moving to, I don't want to say 22 personnel, but they're, they're getting some funky uh, positions going out here. So I think you can have AJ Dillon on the field while also having Aaron Jones. I don't think he hurts Aaron Jones unless Aaron Jones signs elsewhere after the, cause he's a free agent after this year. So unless they don't re-sign him, I'm not worried about Aaron Jones' dynasty value too much, honestly. I think he's fine. He's so talented that it's like I'm a like as much as a Ronald Jones stan I am, I'm an Aaron Jones stan. I love that guy. And we saw him get a good amount of uh, good amount of snaps, uh, singled out as a wide receiver, motioned out to the slot outside. He played about ten percent of his snaps lined up as a wide receiver. We can see that exponentially grow this year, where after they saw how good he was with just no Devontae Adams and no one else. He was basically their wide receiver one. So I don't see A.J. Dillon affecting him. And I think A.J. Dillon can be successful in a few years. I don't know if it's going to be out the gate, though. All right, yeah, definitely not the most surprising of all the picks that the Packers made that that draft, but uh, interesting fit. Chris, uh, you like Dillon or no? I do like Dillon, and I think this is, if you're okay not getting much year one, I think this is a pretty good... Uh, spot for him because both Williams and Aaron Jones are free agents after this year and it doesn't really seem like LaFleur wants these guys around it doesn't seem like he wants Aaron Rodgers around it doesn't seem like he like he's wants his guys like he's trying to get his guys right so I do kind of like I do kind of think this is a good spot for AJ Dillon if you're okay you know just holding them for a year and understanding that the value in the, is potentially not going to come till next year now next year they re-sign Aaron Jones and then you gotta like say okay maybe it's just not gonna happen but um, if those guys move on if LaFleur's like get out of here I got AJ Dillon I don't need you guys anymore I think he's in a, in a pretty good spot yeah it's interesting a team that was not too far from the Super Bowl last year like ah, you know what let's just look ahead to 2021 let's not worry about this year it's like <laughs> I don't know I, I'm glad I'm not a Packers fan let's put it that way all right before we wrap up real quick guys anybody we didn't mention later on if you're at the end of a rookie draft you know fourth fifth round something like that who's your favorite sleeper who's a guy that a little bit under the radar or somebody you're going to target uh toward the end of your draft so uh kev let you go first okay this one's rough because pre-draft i really liked michael warren out of cincinnati uh, Michael Warren II. Uh, he's a talented back, but he went undrafted. Luckily, though, he was claimed by the Eagles. And while the Eagles do have Miles Sanders, who they took last year in the second round, 
I'm not 100% sold that they want to give him a full 80% snap share. I think they do still want to take a little bit of the load off. Michael Warren is a five foot nine, 226 pound running back who can take over that Jordan Howard role. This is a long shot, but this is my back end of the draft flyer that I like. If not him, Michael Pirine out of Florida who went to the Jets. He's another talented uh, pass catching, pass protecting back uh, who landed in a spot where Le'Veon Bell is not guaranteed to be there after this year. Adam Gates already said he doesn't like Le'Veon Bell. He tried to trade him last year after sign- after they signed him to like a four-year $60 million or whatever that contract was. And uh, Pirine, he's probably the most talented back in that backfield now with Bilal Powell, Trenton Cannon, and uh, I don't even know who's in the Jets' backfield. But So if Bell goes down, I like Pirine. I like Michael Warren in um, Philadelphia as well. So those are like kind of my two. Can't really decide one. All right, Chris, who you got? I got to go on my boy, Antonio Gibson. <laughs> I don't know how much of a sleeper he'll be by the, by the season, but right now I think you can probably still get him pretty late. Um, I think that I think Washington is going to find creative ways to use him. I don't think he's going to be like a week-to-week. Probably won't even be a week-to-week RB2, but I think he's going to be a solid like flex play with weekly flex play with upside because of the way Washington is going to find uh, ways to use him in this offense. And if you look at this offense, you have Terry McLaurin and nothing, honestly. Like, they have nothing. They have no playmakers on this offense outside of Terry McLaurin. So, I, I think Gibson can find a, a role in here right away. And, again, I don't think he has, like, a tremendous upside, but I think he can give you, like, nice weekly flex numbers. So, I mean, if you're drafting at the end of your draft, take it. Yeah, he's interesting, kind of like a hybrid player. I've seen in some places pre-draft he was listed as running back and some places he's listed as a receiver. Um, but, yeah, he could be kind of like that Cordero Patterson, like Swiss Army Knife kind of player. So, um, I kind of like, I'll keep my eye on Darrington Evans in Tennessee, just because again, after Derrick Henry, that that's it. Like who else they got? He could be their number two. He could be the guy who, you know, gives them a breather. And I'm not saying they're not going to sign him. I'm sure they'll sign him to a long-term deal. But what if, if Henry gets hurt, if Henry walks or whatever, uh, you know, he could get a lot more touches than people would expect. Um, and then if I'm at the very, very end, I'm taking a flyer. Uh, I'm kind of looking at Tavian Feaster. Uh, for Jacksonville because you know Jacksonville is trying really hard to get rid of Leonard Fournette and even if they don't do that this year it's almost sure he's not gonna be there next year so hey somebody's got to get carries right all right man we talked about a lot of running backs but there's still some left if you want to talk about everything rookie related dynasty related if you want to get our take on all these guys you want to look at our rankings our composite rankings Go to rotoballer.com, check out those articles. Um, and we have it for every single position. And we'll also have podcasts on wide receivers coming up with the Roto Surgeon. Uh, you can see all Kev's work also on Rotoballer. And uh, Kev specializes not just in NFL, but he's also baseball, right? You're do- pulling double duty? Yeah, I'm, I'm working overtime here. Baseball, basketball, uh, football. Those are my main three for fantasy. Uh, I do like me some hockey, but I cannot tell you anything about those stats. Time on ice, like I get goals and assists, but after, everything after that is just you're speaking you're speaking Portuguese to me after that. So um, wow. yeah, anything you guys need, I'm here for you on Twitter. Uh, my Rotoballer page is usually filled with a mix of uh, information, so follow me at Rotosurgeon. I'm here to help. Awesome, there you go. And Chris is always here every week with me talking 
anything NFL related. Talk Dynasty. I'll do some more best ball, Chris. It's time. We, I think we need to do another draft. All right. All right. Easy. I love it. He's down for anything. <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching, guys.